0: Welcome to our opinion, this is Saratova Best. we're in Parshas Vayechi, and this is the week when we say Chazak, Chazak, V'Nishchazek. Now, we want to put it in context, which when someone listens to this next year, they'll probably wonder what in the world we were talking about. Um, We're in the midst of probably the craziest time in all of history, as we say every single week. Um... How do I know i actually I asked somebody yesterday um, if um the corruption of the media was always something that somebody knew that every that people knew, and they said no it 's actually just maybe some people suspected, but everything essentially came out in the year twenty twenty people People just went along with their lives and nobody understood um. And maybe it wasn't even this extreme, and everything just exploded in 2020 in terms of in terms of corruption and in terms of um, uh, the fraud and and all of that stuff and the outright um, opposite opposite of truth in the media. So no one ever expected that. So it's like the light went on 2020 2020 vision, and that's what we have. So. With that in mind, let's see where we end up. Chazak, chazak, When we're in this darkest and lightest time, all at the same time, um, what do we have in Parshas Vayechi that explains this to us? So, um, as we said, it's chazak. There's there's a there's a there's a there's a power there of chazak um, because the name of the Parshas Vayechi Yaakov. So Yaakov is truth. Right? We're dealing with the fight of truth to um, overcome untruth. And untruth has exploded, as we just said. Untruth has exploded way more than it ever did before. At least, um, well, let's say it like this. Um, there was always untruth, and Asa was always um, saying untruths about Yaakov and getting away with it. Um, that we're used to. And we call it blood libel, blood lies. So we're we're used to it, but we weren't used to the of having exposing to himself the untruth within his own system um, turned against himself. So that's what makes this. Besides everything else, that's what makes this this time so powerful. So being with Yaakov, Vayechi, Yaakov. This parsha, Vayechi. I mean, who's Vayechi? Who is living? Yaakov. But if Yaakov is true Yaakov is the meat of Emmet, that, that means we have already in this parsha um, the, the eternal life of truth. So, and Yaakov being the Bechir um Ave, um, um, and through him, everything is, is we're, we're talking about the end of Sefer Yashar, and everything is embodied. Everything comes to a, a, a culmination by Yaakov. Yaakov, and so of course we know that the parsha, the title of the parsha is about the bracha of Yaakov Avinu to his sons. That means to us. Whatever Yaakov Avinu is, he's giving to us in this parsha. It comes through a Frayman Menashe, Um Frayman Menashe, Shimon, Lili. and the bracha comes the inyanim of Yaakov. Um, all. All till the end of the, all the generations come in this parsha, and as it says in Kazal Yaakov and Lo Mazar B'Chayim Atzuba That the life of Yaakov is eternal life. Well, there we go. And again, since that means that truth is eternal. If truth is eternal, Nitzchim, and as we're learning in Bashi Lagani, and it's the same source. Nesach is the need, the desire to be victorious. In this case, it is eternity. So the the desire of the king to be victorious in truth is eternal. And eternity and truth will always win out. But it's coming through mazar b'chaim, ma'chu This life and this life of truth is coming through his seed. And that's us. And what does it produce? Chaim amitim. Through life, through learning Torah, Chayinu Ve'Orish Yameini. This is the union of Yaakov. The Yaakov is the Yaakov that are Shabbi Yisrael. So, at the end of the parsha, as we say, we say Chazak Ha'Vatzni Chazek, because Vayichai Yaakov creates a Chizuk in the Yevada of the Jewish people until the end of the generation. So, so now we understand. That the parshes of the tyra are connected to the time when we read them, and this and the time was um connected to a aharba and actually today we're in Yodalabas, which is the beginning of Te so um, mm-hmm. yeah. Te when we have kind of when we have the fullness of the moon, the fullness of the moon goes on the fullness of the Jewish people. So, we're just going to spend a couple of minutes on a Cerebitavus. A Sarbatavis is one of the four fasts, and it's the strongest of the four fasts, the fasts that all derive from um, Tisha Buz and Yom Kippur. And of these four fasts that are the minor fasts, this is the most major of the minor fasts because um, it began, for many reasons, it began the Corbin. So... So, um, and interesting that on this we're going to say chazak chazak chazek. Sorry, uh, I jumped back a page. Sorry. So, what happened on Asarba some of Melech Somech Melach Yerushalayim, a Jerusalem, he built the matter. The king of B'tavis, um surrounded Jerusalem and brought it into siege, lockdown. Now, just notice that—that's uh, the tenth of Tavis. The seventeenth of Tavis is. They Shavasar the the city was breached. Tishabav, the base of the was destroyed. I'm saying it in very lardy da, but it's not lardy da. And then some Gedalia. After that, was the end of the remnant of of the Gidden living in Eretz Yisrael. But Asar B'tavis, which just happened last week, is that Melech Bavo surrounds Yerushalayim and puts it in lockdown. Now. Moser, siege, lockdown. Now, we know what that means to be in lockdown. You can't go in and you can't go out. Just they had on Israeli news that um, there were many tourists who had actually gone to Dubai. Maybe they went there for uh, Hanukkah. And they were actually promised that when they came back, uh, they might have to, I'm not sure if they might have to quarantine, but they would be allowed to quarantine at home, and they would also be checked at the airport to see if they had contracted Corona, corona got forbid! and instead they were all put in the Corona Hotel, and there was an uprising, and the people in the Corona Hotel, who were obviously wealthy enough to travel to Dubai, etc., uh, wanted to go home, and if they had to quarantine, quarantine at home, and the police did not let them leave the hotel, so there was quite a scene. Um, so they were locked into this hotel that they did not want to stay in for two weeks, and that they had been promised that they wouldn't that that wouldn't be the case. So we can understand a lockdown bringing Yerushalayim to siege, to lockdown. Now, who did it in the time of Asar Batevis? the king of Babel? Babel is Babylonia. Babel is also from the word confusion, from the root of confusion. So I think that we can safely say that that, that, um, um, that describes the times that we're in now. So, sorry, I was just checking to see if uh, we were still recording. The confusion that is surrounding Jerusalem right now and surrounding Yerushalayim specifically is you can cut it with a knife basically. And the con- confusion that's surrounding the Jewish people and surrounding the whole world, you you know, yes vaccine, no vaccine, what's going to be? Will he win? Will he not win? What's the future of the world? Will it be good? Will it not be good? Uh, what's with Iran? They were, we were on the way to um, eliminating Iran as a major threat to the Jewish people. The last, the last threat to the Jewish people was Iran. And here come along, here comes a president-elect who actually is comfortable saying that he plans to give Iran back its power to be able to destroy the Jewish people, God forbid. Hmm, that sounds like it's a really good idea to vote for him, doesn't it? So you have to be upside down, sideways upside down, to want to vote for such a person. But So that's the confusion is surrounding Yerushalayim. And at the same time, we're in lockdown. So, if this was the beginning of the whole korban, and really we could say now, let's just take it as a mini korban. What is one of the the, the piece of the korban that we're living through now? The confusion, the surrounding our shelling That doesn't just have us in physical lockdown, but has us in um, actual uh, emotional lockdown of we don't know what to do. We can't move left and we can't move right. And this opens up the way, just like Sarbatavus Sh- opened up the way for the rest of all of the negative things to happen this, in the end, the destruction of the base and the so too in our times in this, in this micro way. So if that's the case, then the same thing that is the worst and begins the worst begins the best. So it's really bad news that we're in a confusion of Melech Babel, a confusion surrounding Yerushalayim, shutting off Yerushalayim and, and um, cutting off the oxygen, oxygen supply from our Yerushalayim and putting us in physical and emotional lockdown. That's the bad news, but it's also the good news. Because, well, we'll see in a minute. And remember that it's, it's all connected to a fast day. A fast day is because of our sins. And it's also an ace ruckum. So it's two things. A fast day is always the worst and the best. So um, what's the good part of being in this siege, this lockdown, surrounded by buzzle, confusion, melech so that when Melek Bazel, the king of Babel, surrounded Yerushalayim and put it in lockdown, a dying lapug of Yerushalayim Asma. He didn't actually touch excuse me, touch Jerusalem. Didn't touch the houses. Didn't touch the main house, the Base of Didn't even touch the wall around Yerushalayim. The wall remained whole. So what did he do? He surrounded it. Now when you surround it, it's like a clipa on a, a fruit. When you have a clipa around a fruit, it surrounds it. It also protects it. You look at an orange, the, the clipa around the orange is what protects the orange from drying up and, and being, and ruined, becoming ruined. And it keeps all the nutrients and all the sweetness and all the goodness inside. So that means that somehow from Hashem's point of view everything that's going on now with this this confusion is somehow a protection from what's going on a, a protection of inside a protection for you However that is um, the etimavida um could have been that he that Bavil, Melech Bavil surrounded the wall. Um, what, what well, he did do it in a way of ain to the ain ba. You couldn't go in, you couldn't go out. Hmm, sounds familiar. And you couldn't, um, and you couldn't bring in food, which is why in it, what was horrible about it is there was no food brought in, and so eventually everybody, Rahman starved. But the purpose, so on the most gashmiistic <coughs> level, it was absolutely horrific. On a deeper spiritual level, um, the idea of surrounding Yerushalayim and putting it in siege um, and not even touching the wall is to bring us to a higher level. So that, the whole negative thing, is nisfato lagamri completely. So it comes out that a Sarvatevis is an eighth rasan for the of tshuva and, and moving to a higher level. When we're talking about um, being in this state of confusion and being in lockdown, then we understand that somehow we're being given an opportunity to move to a higher level. I mean, we can say that there's no place to escape to anymore. There always was throughout all of Jewish history. The only place to escape to now is Saivas Not Savis So um, and one one other point that we want to bring in. Which is the siege, the lockdown of Yushalayim was predicted, prophesied and he said the following here was this iron bar this iron bar that that Yechezkel had to hold on to was a sign that there would be a siege a lockdown in Jerusalem. he knew he knew from this iron bar that it represented the entire siege the entire lockdown and ultimately, the destruction of the Beit Amigdash. Because Beit Amigdash was not allowed to be built, iron was not allowed to be used for the Beit Amigdash, to build it. Because iron is something that um, is used as a sword to end life, God forbid. And the Beit Amigdash is all about eternal life. So it was a contradiction. So the first and second Bate Nikdash could not be could not have um, iron. And that's why, you know, what was used to cut the stones of the base of was the um, the Shamir worm, but not iron. For the third base of dish, iron will specifically be used. Not allowed to be used, specifically be used. Because the tikkun, if we're speaking about iron being forbidden for the base HaMikdash, then the tikkun, the transformation, will be through iron. And it says in Chazal, in Tainus, Kol Talmud Chacham of kasha kabarza Any Talmud Chacham that's not hard like iron is not a Talmud Chacham. Which really also reminds us of Batilagani. The king is tough as nails, so to speak. Nesach. He wants to be victorious to bring the truth to the world and he will not give in for, for anything. The ultimate Talmud Chachem. So and here we're speaking about the stubbornness the stubbornness of the Talmud Chachem in a positive way. The stubbornness, the power of the Etzem and the And when one employs that and when a Talmud Chachem employs that He's mevavkel the iron, the barzel of l'umaseh. The barzel of of unholiness is stubbornness of the esahara. So what does he do? He uses stubbornness in a positive way. Okay. So we're saying, so this whole idea of transforming the iron of Kedusha, the iron of, of, of the opposite of Kedusha to Kedusha, it's especially emphasized by Asar because the kavanah of the siege, without actually touching the walls, was to bring the to So, and not only that, the whole kavanah of all of the, uh, everything that happened, is so that Barzel of Kadusha could be used in the third faith of Amudish. So let's look at what's going on in the world for a minute. You definitely have Barzel stubbornness going on. Um, we could say kind of everybody's stubborn. Everybody's everybody's unyielding. Everybody, um, all the sides. Some sides represent truth, and some sides don't represent truth. But there's um A determination there that is uh, extremely powerful. So, it says in the measure, Zav, the Kesseth, and the Chesheth, these correspond to the three Avars, Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov. Gold is Avram, silver is Yitzchak, copper is Yaakov, and we know that the first two Batei Mikdash correspond to Avram, Yitzchak, Avram is called a mountain, Yitzchak is called a field, and Yaakov is called a house. So, um, okay, so if the third element is copper, through this third element, which corresponds to Yaakov, um, you're talking about the third base in English. Because the Indian of Tyra, what does Tyra do? Yaakov Avinu is truth. Yaakov Avinu is Tyra, and so the bearer of the copper the purification of the copper. Now note this: What is the pure? What is nekoshes, copper? I mean, ever hear of copper being particularly one thing or another? Not really. However, here we're talking about Nechayes coming from the word Nachash. Nahashah Kadmain, the Klippah. That's everything that's going on now. Without going into a long explanation, when the Nahashah Khadmaini, the first, the primordial snake came along to Adam and Chava, and especially to Chava, he managed to inject into her his evil mindset, and we are, and that, uh, almost like, you know, sounds like a vaccine, DNA inserted into her, so to speak, which we are still struggling to deal with until this day. And that mindset of the Nachasha Kadmaini, of this we we struggled with through many, many, many generations. and and many, many different opponents, and until we've come to the last moment in which it has settled itself into America, half of America, the Kayach of the Nakhash HaKadmaini, which is the Inin of Klipa. Remember that when the Nachash succeeded, it introduced into the world the opposite of life. Eliminate the Nachash Kadmani, the, the supernal snake, and we go into eternal life. Pure Kedusha, third base of Mikdush. How do you purify the Nachash Kadmani, the Nefesheth? Through Nefesheth of Kedusha. Through Copper, the Nachash of Kedusha. That the Icar and Shlamis is in the third base of Mikdush. So here we are in a time in history when the Nachash, the Kayak of the Nachash, is fighting its last fight, but it has embedded itself in half of America. Well, we don't know the real statistics, but it has embedded itself in America. And, and one of the things the Nachash does is emotionally and intellectually seduce people. And confuse people. Now, we're getting it from two sides. We're talking about Asar Batavis and, and Melis Basel, the confusion. And what we see, we see we are now in a situation in America where we're surrounded by the confusion. And at the same time, we are, have been infiltrated in our media, et cetera, et cetera, and major parts of government plus 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 and major and and major portions of innocent people have been injected with that um energy of Nachash uh Kadmani, the klipa that causes confusion and uh the opposite of truth. How do we know it's the opposite of truth? Truth is eternal. When the Nachesh took away eternal life, it's because he took away truth. He replaced truth with a fake truth, fake news that masqueraded as truth but really was not truth in any way. So, how do we fix it? With the Kayoch of Tyra the kayak of Yaakov Avinu. Sorry, so with the eternity of truth, we, we inject, since Chava, the first woman, the first Makabal, was injected with the opposite of truth that had such a power that continues to this day and seems invincible when you look at that half of America or a third of America or whoever's been brainwashed, you wonder how they could ever turn around and open their eyes and see truth. It seems so powerful. And yet somehow, and that's because Chava was injected with the opposite of truth, with fake truth. So clearly when we inject the world with real truth, it's like a vaccine that will overwhelm the fake truth that America has somehow been injected with. So Nechayshus shows on the situation in Gullus after the second base of Midish. That's copper. And it's not for the shlamus of the third base of Midish. The, the third base of in includes the purification of Barzal of Lomazet. The third base of Midish will purify this unholy barzo, unholy iron, unholy iron means swords. Swords are used to, uh, to end life. Not only physical life. We're talking about barzo, meaning something that snuffs out the spiritual, physical, emotional, etc. Life force everywhere it goes and replaces it with fake life. Somewhat like... What the Greeks did at the time of Hanukkah, that they looked to um, get their hands on all the light of kedusha of Tyra, and replace it of Aleph and replace it with the with the Greek letters, and make people think that they were giving them something even better intellectually. But the the letters of Tyra have within them eternal truth. And the Greek letters had within them eternal opposite of truth, something that would um, uh, feed the world with, with klipa forever. So when we're talking about the third Migdash, Amigdash, um, it emphasizes something even lower than Nechaysheth, that somehow the third base in Migdish will bring us to the completion of Barzel of Kedusha. And just let's say a couple more things about Barzel. That um, in the order from above to below, the most precious is gold. Then comes silver. Then comes copper. Zav stands for Ze in Bari. He who gives us healthy. Meaning, you give, you reach out, and there's no reason to reach out. You have no, there's, there's nothing that you're, you're not afraid. You just reach out from a good, from a, you're in a good situation, and you reach out and give. That's Zahav, gold. Tetzeth is, k'sheyesh zakan pachad, when there's some kind of a fear, that maybe there's a danger, and the person feels like, hmm, I'd better give to protect myself and save myself as a merit. That's a lower level. That's less um, it's not giving as much from goodness, but just giving because we need to protect ourselves. And the kaishis is Nasinus Khaizha Amir The giving of a sick person that says, Better give or else. So Za gold shows on the first day from the sh the Shlenis. Zan Ketsef. Um, silver, shows on the second base of Megzish. When there was already we saw that we were missing five parts of the base of Megzish. Things were not so good and we realized we better so to speak get our act together. And the Chaysheth, which is even lower than that, shows on the time of Gullus. Copper shows on the time of Gullus. And because of the lack in the base of Megzish, because there was no base of Megzish standing, then we were like sick people. And we ask Hashem, give us the space of fully. Give us the eternal space of Migdish, that is the place of truth and eternity and eternal life. So the eternity of the, the third base of Migdish, after the first and second have been destroyed, is all embodied in the power of Barzel, iron of Kedusha. So what does this have to do? Let's see what it has to do with our lineage. It's known that Barzel is a Russian of Bila, Rachel, Zilpa, and Leah. These were the four wives of Yaakov Adinis. Remember, Yaakov is our father. He is the epitome of truth and and eternity. And these are our four mothers, Bila, Rachel, Zilpa, and Leah. What do they correspond to? Four levels of nukva, the klipa, klipa, in its feminine form. As it says, Arshu Erasparzo. This is the Le'umah Zeh. This is the unholy form of these four Imahos of Kedusha. So imagine, each of those, Bila, Rachel, Zipaleya, um, contributed something and contributed something to us. And yet, there's a way in which we're being eternally depleted—not eternally, but uh, throughout Gogus, depleted through the opposite energy of what we get from each of these imahos. And the interesting thing is the order. You would think that it would be Rachel and Leah and then Bila and Zilpa, but it goes like this: Bilah first, then Rachel; Zilpa first, then Leah. Why would the maid be before? The actual, um, uh, one of the immahos. And the reason is, because in Kedusha, there's also a Seder of Baizah. There's also, it, it's an opposite order. You start from the bottom up. You go to, you start with the, the lower one, and then, and then the higher one. What's that? So first of all, what's the mile of the imahu over the Abbas? It says about Abraham. <clears throat> Whatever Sarah says to you, listen to her. Abraham was total was secondary to Sarah in the vua. Like the situation of the future, when the Kavid society is together, the feminine will be higher than the masculine. That was already in the time of Sele Nim and and, and and Avram Avinu. Meaning the sphere of Malchus, the feminine, will go higher than all the other spheres. And that already existed in the time of the Abbas. As it says, there were three that Hashem gave in this world already from the world to come. Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. So when it comes to the milas of the maidservants over their, um, virus, their, um, their mistresses, that means the what is the mila of Bila? Over Rachel. Billa is just a concubine. She's just a maidservant. She's just, you know, Rachel is the real one. Leah is <throat> the real one. So, what's the advantage of Billa over Rachel? What's the advantage of Zilpa over Leah? As it says about that Rachel gave her maidservant Billa to Yaakov. Why did she give her maidservant to Yaakov? <clears throat> I will be built through. So the truth is that the Imahos, as it says in the Kotitara, the Imahos, are the level of Malchus of Attilus. And their maid servants are malchus as it comes down into the yes. What does that mean? So imagine in a Hashem is openly revealed, everything is good, it's truth, you see you see Hashem. And then it's time for all of that energy to be brought down to a lower world. How does it go down to a lower world? It has to have a bridge. What's the bridge that will carry it down to a lower world? Malchus. So when you're talking about Malchus of Achilles, you're talking about the bridge that carries down all that spiritual goody, openness, visibility of Hashem, down to the lower worlds. Those are our imahos that are from that level. Rachel and Leah are from that place from Malchus, from Attilus, but with the ability to draw it down. Just like women have the ability to take something and draw it down to the next level and make it user-friendly and practical. Their maids came from a lower place. Their maids were from the world of Bria, Sirusia, and they um, Malchus, Malchus as it goes down to that that those worlds, meaning as all of this is being funneled down into the lower world. So our imas, so Rachel and Leia are from a higher world, funneling it down. And Bila and Zilta are from much lower worlds and funneling it down. And that's why it says, Evin Masu Abaynin Haisele Reshpina. The Avais built Malchus by being married to their, the Enmahal. That's how they were building Malchus. Of course we understand the ultimate. Shluchas, the ultimate job of what we're doing here through Tire is, is to build the Malchus of Hashem of and the Malchus of Hashem so that the whole world will come to recognize Hashem of Harushma Yochad. That's what we're doing right now. And, and that, and we'll see in a second, being that we're, right now we experience that we're working in the realm of, um of Barzel. And we're we're working in this realm of um the vicious, of we're fighting the Khalifas left and right and watching it all you have to do is turn on your phone and watch all the crazy media stuff. And you see and you see what we're fighting. So the let's, going back to the Abbas, all of this was predicted and all of this was set in place by the Abbas. The Avais were building Malchus by being married to their Imahos. What is it that the, the Avais didn't want to do? The Avais did not want to be married to anybody other than their wives. They weren't looking to be married to the maid servants. They resisted. On their own, they had to kind of be talked into it by their wives, so to speak. Why not? Because they despised bringing all this godliness down to Biryatseresia, they couldn't relate to it, as in a way men can. You know, holiness kedusha belongs in a theleus. It belongs in the upper realm. You don't bring it down to the street. You don't bring it out to down to the shopping center. You don't draw draw such pure holiness down. This is the holiness of, of Chabad Chassidus drawing all of that lofty, lofty holiness, basi lagani, down, down, down to the lowest realms. Abram Yitzhak resisted and said, can't be. Can't be. Doesn't make any sense. You're talking about pure holiness. Pure, deep secrets of Hashem. Intimate, deep, um, precious jewels of Hashem's secrets. That stuff you don't squander, you don't throw it on the street. You don't throw, throw it around on the street. And they understood that at least it had to be brought down a little bit, and so they were married to their wives, and they were building. They understood, we build Malthus through being married to our wives. But to take all this malthus and to bring it down into the street, into Bria in and that would happen through an association with the maidservants, and they said no. They said they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't marry them. And yet, Daska, through being married to their maidservants, meaning Malchus, as it goes down into Briega, there was an advantage, which they actually probably couldn't picture, couldn't predict, and couldn't relate to. What was the advantage? There was the binion, the building, and the aliyah of Malchus, Completely. So, which again, we're saying, what are we here to do? Build the malchus of Hashem, build the malchus of Mashiah in the whole world, so that the whole world should recognize the malchus of Hashem. It would be done by bringing this down very low. Meaning, you've got to bring the malchus of Hashem into social media and into the media itself and into the world of Asa, and into the world of Lavan and Yishmo and China. However, they fit in. And somehow all of that was set into place by the Aves marrying the natives. So when it comes to the Beit Amigdash, it says in Kasidus, why the base of midrash was from stone, dafka, not like the mishkan, which, which was from wood, azishitan. The ein bain by balech. So why did the base of midrash have to be from stone and not from wood, not primarily from wood, because it was a taste of the shleimus, the wholeness of the future, when the sphere of malchus will be higher than zah. Higher than chesed vor teferes The feminine aspect will be higher than the masculine aspect. One of the things about malchus, malchus is very, it's just, you know, quiet, receptor. And so is a stone. Wood is, you know, very, a tree is, it's very showy. It's always, it's growing and growing and getting bigger and you walk outside in the spring and you see the tree and it looks so magnificent. And it, Blossoming, and it's incredible, and it's getting bigger every day, and from year to year you watch it grow and it's it's got a lot of uh, a lot of pizzazz, but it's, it's making a lot of noise, a tree with its growth, whereas um it's kind of like all of those things are very um showy and noisy, they can be showy in a good way. molecules is something very quiet, it's like a stone it just sits there, very quiet receptor. So, in the future, who needs it? right? But the whole everything depends on Malchus. so, in the future, Malchus, in its quiet way, like a little piece of a little rock sitting there quietly, will be higher than some. The feminine Malchus will be higher than the masculine in general, um, what is it about the peacocks? if you see the peacocks or the masculine there are certain animals that the masculine animal you know struts around, I think with the peacock it struts around. And it, you know, very visible and classically the masculine aspect was very noisy, showy. The man was out there making noise in the world and the woman was sitting quietly making pasta soup at home. All of that changed because uh, the little quiet energy starts to rise to the top. Therefore, the base of the dish had to be built from stones, diamonds. The sphere of Malchus, and not from wood, which grows, which shows on, Zon. and certainly not from Barzel, the base of English certainly wasn't built from Barzel, which is even lower than stone, which shows on sphere of Malchus coming down 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 down, down, because the base of Miglish of the future, the mile of Malchus will be revealed, not as it is in atilus but as it comes down into the lower worlds, theater. And how will we see it? It will be revealed in the strength of not just stones, like the second base of musicians first, but barzo, iron, which is an even lower element. Eris, a share of nea the land that its stones are barzo. The sphere of Malchus like the mila of the maidservant the advantage of the maidservant over the emmahos like the completeness of the building of malchus, and this is all hinted at in the words barzal and to bring all of this to conclusion we can say that the shlemus of barzal of kedusha in the third base will not just be about eternity but um, its building will be the base of will be built from Barzil as it says um, Barzo is used as we said to destroy the first and second base of but the one of the future will be forever it cannot be destroyed and so what we're doing is, it's not shy of any possibility of Barzo in negativity because Barzil-Diluma's de death, the negative stubbornness of Barzil will be gone. And therefore, you'll be able to build the base amigash from Barzil. To emphasize the transformation of Barzil that destroyed the base amigash, now it becomes a part of the base amigash. So this idea of transformation we have in America today. That once upon a time, we had a uh, media that was there to keep us aware of what's going on in the world, and we thought they were on our side. And we had doctors, and we had leaders, and we had this and we that, and we thought they were on our side, and maybe they did too. And somehow everything descended to the level of Barzil of Lu'uma's and our job is to turn it all around to Barzil of Kedusha. Is something that will be used to build the base of M'gvish, to turn the entire world into a place that serves Hashem. The entire world will become the third base of so, um, so let's pull this all together with um, the knowledge of uh, the Parsha, of Yaakov, his union is Tyre and he's the middle um, from one extreme to the other and um, comes down, down, down. He's he's the representative of truth, which is what we're dealing with in today's world. But truth without any changes. And through this is revealed the strength of his existence, the existence of truth and the eternal existence. And through him, it comes down to all Jews throughout all of the days of Gullah. As we come down into Gullus, we are in a situation by Yehi Yakov. True life, of and that emphasizes the strength of and the nitzis, the truth of the Jewish people, as it's revealed, um, as it's um, revealed in the shleimus of the Gulen mitzvah shleima. So, and even more than that the chizuk that we have for the very long guluf that we have is through this the zar your seed the seed is alive that's us because the eternity of Yaakov Avinu is emphasized in us and in us representatives of truth at us as the uh, continuation of his seed until for all the generations and we see it in the parsha of Bayachi. Because, by Ishtaku Yisrael, or They, they bowed down to him, and they said, and he blessed the, the twelve Shvatim. And he, and with this, he benched all of them, and all of, all of us, forever, so that with this Kayach, we could go up from Gallus to the Ga'ula. And so the fact that Barabachayim, his seed is alive, that's us. What does that mean we're alive? Not only here we are physically alive, we live in the only true life, which is truth of Torah. And so the fact that the Gullus is a time when you're planting seeds, Zara B'chaim, his seed, is planting seeds. And so it enables things to grow. It enables the gullah to grow. And that is the Chizuk for the whole Gullus, because we know that blossoming, and, and growing of the Geula is done by planting the seeds of everything we do in Gullus. So now we know that actually when it came to Asar of Betevis, it begins the Hurban and the Gullus, and the Hurban of Yerushalayim, which eventually leads to the destruction of the base image, which is Gullus. And yet, we read Parshas Vayechi, the beginning of the Gullus, going down to Mistraim, opens up the way for the Geula. In a way of planting, then brings to eternal growth. And so, what does it all have to do with Barzel of Kedusha, the power of iron of Barzel? Because the Corbin of the Beis Hamikdash through iron of Lulmasa, unholy iron, is the beginning of the power of Barzel of the third Beis Hamikdash, because his seed is alive, because there's the fullness of the twelve Shvatim of us which come from the four Imahos, Barzel, as we said, Bila, Rachel, Zilpa, and Leah, Avnea, Barzel, Avnea, building from the word Ben and Banim, Barzel, through the power that we have in all the unanimous Kedusha, we transform this negative Barzel to the positive. And therefore, in this generation, we see um, the last of Gullus and the first of gaula as the Friedrich Rebbe told us the Yaisaf of our generation that Hashem will choose us and chooses us and He takes us out of that land and He fulfills His promise to us and since it's all been done and everything's been completed and everything's ready for the meal, the suda of the future And so the practical hayrah for us, the practical hayrah for us is mazar b'chaim achu b'chaim that the seed is alive, that we should add in strengthening, thought, speech, and action, the power, the eternal power of planting of tarimitzas that brings to the blossoming of the geula. When we're thinking about seeds, to put extra chizot into the chinuch of children, the Shinantam and the these are the students, and an eternal power that um, when some when one finishes educating that child, then the pa'ula, the effect of the chinuch, is in a way that it then gives it then creates more seeds that create more growth and are planted, and then those seeds are planted and those seeds. And it creates when you plant a seed, in a way you're planting eternity. And there and also every single ta'ula, every single act we do is called zriya, planting a seed. Every single private, every single individual deed that you do, one deed, one word, one thought creates the power of eternity of zriya. We said you plant a seed, the seed grows forever. Because it creates a tree which then grows and that tree then um, and then that tree creates fruit which has seeds which fall into the earth and then they make other trees grow and it goes on and on and on and on forever. So one seed essentially creates growth forever. Says the Rebbe, that's the way we should live. Every deed we do should be should create an eternal effect in the world. Besides that, it does, but in that you influence the world, and then that what you influence influences the next part, and that influences the next part, and it becomes a chain effect that goes on forever. Um, this planting that you do with every deed that you do that brings the simcha, the flowering of all the pu'ulahs that you do, the fruits and the fruits and the fruits, until the end of the world, until the end of the concealment. And therefore, when you finish doing that particular deed, then when you're even sleeping, etc., or after 120, um, it's in a way that it gives birth to others. It's no longer you want to do your deeds in a way that they're not one-time deeds. They're not one-time deeds. But their are deeds that produce fruit, which produce fruit, which produce fruit. A living pa'ula in a way that um, it's eternal. Because you have planted a seed, and you, which created fruit, and fruit, and fruit, and fruit. And it becomes obvious, the niftius, the eternity of your life, that he's alive in every single pa'ula that we do throughout our life. So he wrote on this the haklisa, the decision about adding one mitzvah in a way, adding one mitzvah in a way of planting. Um, before we even do it, it should be the planting that brings the blossoming of the rule in it immediately, and we should find ourselves um, in a way of as we're going to read in this coming week, Elishmais that as we're going down into golus, we're already going into Gaula that we should experience. The darkness and the light are standing in the same place at this moment and even though when we plant a seed, after that we see a seed and it can be a very nice seed and a very beautiful seed or a very powerful seed and we realize, we recognize its preciousness and we put it in the earth and it's gone and it's no longer visible to us and it looks like we lost something. And unbeknownst to us, there's enormous amounts of growth that's happening underground. And at some point it is growing now. It is blossoming now. But we don't see the blossoming. And after some amount of time, we're going to see it above ground and we're going to see what it has produced. And then we will be shocked when we see a forest that was created from this one seed. So he got them that we should experience <clears throat> the Gula Mitzvah <clears throat> blossoming as the concealment, in the concealment that we see right now, we should experience the Gula Mitzvah blossoming. We shouldn't have to have special vision, but it should be visible to all, and the entire world should come to the recognition of Shem Ochad, the eternal truth. We should have the eternal, the third day Samibdash, immediately now.